Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Coot Blackson, a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. Winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award, Blackson is widely considered a next-generation leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. Koot is also the best-selling author of Magic of Surrender and You Are the One. In this episode, we talk about Coot's personal journey and where his interest in spirituality and personal growth came from. We discuss overcoming fear and pursuing one's true calling, following one's vision, surrendering and its role in personal growth and manifestation, finding one's deeper purpose and mission and the steps to get there. And lastly, Coot walks us through a mini masterclass on manifestation. This was such an inspiring conversation. Keep listening to learn more. I have some super exciting news, Purely fans. I am so thrilled to announce that our newest product line of cookie granola is finally here. We've created a -a one-of-a-kind recipe where a delicious cookie meets our wholesome granola. It's made with organic gluten-free oats and coconut flour, 100% whole grains, baked with coconut oil and almond butter, and only six grams of sugar. These snackable granola clusters have all of the flavor and crispness of your favorite cookie recipe, but in an indulgence you can feel good about. It comes in three flavors to obsess over, chocolate chip, double chocolate, and my personal favorite, oatmeal raisin. Find our cookie granolas at Walmart, Whole Foods, Publix, and on our website at purelyelizabeth.com. To find a store near you, use the link below in the show notes. I hope you're as obsessed with this new product as I am. Enjoy. Coot, welcome to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to connect with you. I'm so looking forward to this next hour just to feel great in your presence. Uh, So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's start with your background, your personal journey, and really where your interest for spirituality and personal growth began. Wow, I think it began from my childhood. It began the moment I was born. In certain ways, I had a bit of an unusual childhood, although I didn't think anything about it because I thought everyone had my childhood. And so I think one of the blessings was it didn't seem very special to me. And that was a blessing in a certain way. In that, like I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. I live in the US now. But I always felt like a bit of an outsider, and I never felt like I fit in anywhere. And I think that was also an impetus, even unconsciously, because it put me on the path of seeking, because I didn't feel like I was African. I didn't feel like I was Japanese. I didn't feel like I fit in in the UK. And so I think at a very young age, I started to ask myself the question, like, who am I? And like, where do I belong? And so as a young boy, I always felt a deep calling to make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to impact people. I wanted, I had visions of inspiring people. I just didn't know 
specifically what that would look like. And so uh, my first memories as a young boy, I remember being around age six or seven, and I was lost in the crowd and thousands of people. And I remember seeing a crippled woman pick up the sand, the gravel that this man walked on, wiped it on her face and stood up. You could call it a miracle. So week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. And so the same man who sand she picked up was my, this man was my father. And uh, he looked at a woman in a wheelchair and he would say, hey, stand up, you're not sick. And so he was considered the miracle man of Africa, a very spiritual man, a very mystical man, went to India in the 60s and had an awakening experience, yet had 300 churches in Ghana, hundreds of thousands of followers in a huge church in London, four to 5,000 people literally every Sunday. And so this is how I grew up. And my mother being Japanese, I grew up meditating with my mother as she grew up in a Buddhist tradition. And so when I was age eight, I started, that's when my speaking career began, because I started uh, speaking in my father's churches. And when I was 14, I was actually ordained as a minister. And uh, I was given the mandate to take over my father's ministry. And everyone was happy but me, because deep down in my soul, I knew that this was not my shall we say, life path. I just felt a different calling with my life. But I think like many of us, again, I was too afraid to speak my truth. My fear was if I dared to be honest and speak my truth, then I would be alone. Then I'd be outcast. Then I would lose my father's love. And so four years, I said nothing. And I tried to be who I thought my father and the world wanted me to be and became miserable in the process. So when I turned 18, That was a really pivotal moment in my journey that really set the foundation for what I do now as a transformational teacher and author and speaker. In that, when I was 18, I felt my soul calling me to come to America and specifically America because as a kid, I would sneak into my father's office and he had a thousand books on his bookshelf, self-help books and spiritual books. And I would read everyone from Osho and Krishnamurti to you know, folks like Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and Deepak Chopra. And as a young boy, I felt a calling to come to the US. And so when I turned 18, it was so undeniable for me. My soul said, go to America, find these people that you admire and read about. And all of them happened to live in Southern California, or at least in the US, but most of them in Southern California, LA, San Diego, Santa Barbara, Southern San Francisco. So for me, this was the Mecca. And I think that when your soul guides you to do something it often doesn't make sense to your mind when your soul guides you to do something it is, it's often not convenient when your soul guides you to do something uh it often doesn't make sense because i think the inspiration and the guidance of your soul is not arising from your logic or your conscious mind it's arising from an unconditioned dimension of your being and yet i think many times we block the guidance and the intuition because we have a constant need to analyze and understand and control life. And so be practical. (laughs) Yeah. What I found for myself at a young age started then, and I've really endeavored to follow my soul throughout my entire life. And for me, it's been a key. What I found is when we follow our soul and we're obedient to our soul, that's when I find you will always be guided. You are always being guided. You will always be guided in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing, even though the path that you take may not be the one that you most expect. And so when I was 18, I felt this guidance. I felt terrified because I chose not to go to university, had no college degree, had no money. And I knew I had to speak to my father and I knew I was not going to have my father's support. And so 
what does an 18 year old do? And so I renounced everything, had the conversation with my father, long story short. I think this was my initiation into manhood and, and, and another level of my spiritual journey. Because at that moment, I ended up winning a few months later, literally winning a green card in the green card lottery. Oh my and God. that's what enabled me to come to the US, two suitcases, $800 in my pocket, and just following a dream and a vision. And I went and found the mentors, teachers, authors, many of which we've all heard about, studied with some of them. And a couple of years after being in America, I felt another calling in my soul. And that took me traveling. I wanted to I wanted to deepen in my spiritual practice. And that took me to Israel to study with and hang out with some rabbis, to Thailand to study and hang out with some monks, to ended up in India, walking the, the Camino in northern Spain, but I ended up in India and had some awakening experiences. And it was really my time in India. I would say that cracked me open to another dimension of life and understanding my purpose and why I'm here in reality. And so that's when I came back 21 years ago, I think, and began coaching people before coaching was a thing, before it was popular, and started working with people. One person showed up, another person showed up, and people's life started to transform. And I started to create my own methodology and way of working with people, and uh, life, life changed. Wow. That's such an incredible... And it just evolved, you know? It yeah. just evolved into small groups and large groups and larger groups and speaking around the world and two best-selling books. That's incredible. I absolutely love hearing that journey. And I personally feel such a believer in listening to that intuition and have felt for myself, like really being in that flow state and where things are just connecting and working and you're following it. And so I, I want to dive into all of that. But before we get there, I'm curious to hear for you when you were 18 and you had such a pivotal point where you decide, okay, I could continue on this one path or I can really push through this fear and have the courage to speak to my father and tell him what my true calling is. What was that Thing that really got you over the edge to work through that fear? And, and how do you now look back and tell people? Because in life, that's the, that big trigger is getting through that one big fear. I think people have this illusion that you have to get through the fear and you have to get over the fear and you have to work through the fear. And then you take action. I was terrified. I was terrified before. And it took me, it took me four years to muster the courage to yeah. have the conversation. But mustering the courage doesn't mean I wasn't afraid. I was sure. still afraid. I remember the day I went to speak to my father and have that conversation. And I was trembling, walking up the stairs to my father's room because, you know, he was iconic to me as, as, a, as a father figure. And I was, I, was, I was terrified. But the truth is, I did it anyway. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to acknowledge the fear, feel the fear, and still take the step. And for me, what happened also was, I looked into my, I projected into my future and I saw two paths that I could follow the expected path. And I could, you know, age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 60, as I projected. And I could follow the path that was basically laid out for me. But I felt and saw the consequence and the life I would be living, which was maybe a good life, but I knew that something was not truly aligned. And I felt, I allowed myself to feel the pain of that. And I saw that you cannot be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not. 
You cannot be truly fulfilled and happy living someone else's version for your life. And, and that was such a pain when I really felt that, you know? And, and so um, I felt like I didn't have a choice. And so I would say it took me four years to muster the courage, but it took me four years where I had to allow myself to grieve, to make peace with the worst case scenario. Mm. And I think if you can make peace, not intellectually, but emotionally, with the worst sure. case scenario, that also frees you. That doesn't mean you're afraid. That doesn't mean you stop being afraid, but it frees you a little bit to take action and have the courage. And so for me, the worst case, like what's the worst that would happen? My, I'd lose my father. I would never speak to him again. He would never speak to me again. And, and I'd be abandoned and outcast. And, and so as I sat with that, I'm not saying it was easy, but as I began slowly to make peace with that, it freed me up. And so before I had the conversation with my father, I made a level of peace with the fact I may never have a relationship with him again. And it took me, you could say, years of grieving. And so part of the freeing, the freedom was I grieved the loss and the end of the relationship with my father. And I let him go. And that letting go and that grieving of the end, which was a heartbreak, freed me up so that you could say I was ready for the worst case. The worst case was we would never speak. And so by the time I had the conversation, I'd made peace with the fact that we may never speak again. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't difficult. Sure. I'm not saying it wasn't hard. Even after I had the conversation with my father, I, w I was still terrified and still <laughs> heartbroken. And, you know, I remember having sometimes people think that when you find your purpose and you follow your purpose and you follow the calling, like life gets easier. And it's like the violins play and the <laughs> angels come out. And, you know, I think sometimes when you find your purpose in life, that's when things actually get more difficult. Yeah. That's when things get more challenging. That's when you really face the problems and difficulties and the challenges of life. And many times people think that when they face these challenges in the pursuit of the purpose, that they're on the wrong path. But I actually think that you, in fact, you're on the right path because when you are following your purpose, you're following your soul, you will often have to face challenges and soul tests that you have to go through in order to evolve and learn and become and evolve and grow. And, and those tests, force you to become the person that is actually capable of fulfilling the dream and the vision that you're seeing, that you're called to, that you're trying to manifest. And so many times people give up when they face those challenges. And so maybe if someone's listening and you feel like I'm on the path, I'm following my soul, yet life seems to be falling apart. There's nothing but challenges. You're probably more on the right path than you think. So I would just invite you, don't give up. There were many, 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 many times when I wanted to give up. There were many times I wanted to turn back. There were many times I didn't think I could continue. But there were many times I was terrified. I remember when I had that conversation with my father, that was one of the most terrifying moments because here I was, no support from my, from my father, only my mother, but no support from my father, no college degree, no education, no money, no nothing. All I had was my soul is guiding me to go to the US and I'm 18 and I have no, yeah. no skills, no trade, no like, what the hell am I going to do with my <laughs> life? You know, working McDonald's. I mean, this was my fear. And so I remember sitting there and I said, I said a prayer and I said, God, universe, God, 
I feel like you've given me this vision. I feel like you have given me the vision and I know the vision is real. I feel it. So if this vision is real, then I'm not crazy. I like, I need your help. I need to know that this spiritual stuff works. And I just, I surrendered, you know, I said, okay, I'm, I've gone all in. I'm not going all in. I've gone all in. I'm all in. I'm here. I'm committed. And within a week, maybe less, but within a week, someone hands me a magazine called The Economist. And I'm like, what? I, felt, I felt a strange feeling. And I looked at the back of the magazine. It says the American government's giving away 55,000 green cards in the green card lottery. And, wow. and that's when I knew. I'm like, wow, I feel like this is it. the clues from the universe. And so I really believe that when you, even if you're scared, when you go all in and you follow your soul, you follow the guidance, that's when the universe support, supports you. And so even if you're scared, I would like everyone to know that those dreams that you have, that vision that you have, it chose you. The dream chose you. You think you've chosen the dream. And you might be wondering, how the hell am I going to manifest this? Oh, my God, it's so scary. <laughs> that vision chose you for a reason. It chose you because you are the perfect person to fulfill the dream and the vision. Everything you've been through, every pain, every hurt, every trauma, every you know, thing in your childhood with your parents and all of that stuff, you, we, we've all been through stuff. The successes and the failures, everything you've been through has been part of the perfect preparation for you to fulfill the vision, the purpose that your soul is calling you to. And so I think when we realize that, you start seeing that maybe your dream doesn't belong to you. It belongs to life. Because if it belongs to life, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to life. And so if it belongs to life, then life knows how to fulfill itself it knows how to fulfill itself through you. And so I think the key is when we have the vision, if we're, if we're in our ego going, oh my God, how's this going to happen? Oh my God, it won't happen. Then, then, then we stay in fear. But if we're willing to surrender and say, okay, I may not know how this is going to happen. I'm terrified. I have no idea. I don't even know if I'm qualified. I just know that this is in my heart. Then when we can say, okay, you know, when, the key is say yes to it. A full, open, yeah. hearted yes when you say yes to it, you open yourself to receive the blessings of life. And I think that's when the magic happens. That's when life can flow. That's when life unfolds it. Because I think life knows how to unfold the vision that it has. And you and I, we are the, the vessels for the vision to express through. I'm so excited to announce that we have launched two new superfood cereal flavors, chocolate almond and cinnamon raisin almond. Our cereal is intentionally crafted with whole food ingredients you can see and taste like sorghum, oats, chia, and quinoa. Each spoonful of our superfood cereal combines crunchy ancient grain flakes with delicious granola clusters for irresistible taste and texture. Plus, they are an excellent source of vitamin D, a good source of fiber, and have over 30 grams of whole grains per serving. You can find these new flavors along with our existing flavors, honey peanut butter and vanilla blueberry almond at your local Whole Foods and as always on purelyelizabeth.com. So as you talk about surrendering and letting go, you your most recent book, The Magic of Surrender. And so I would love to hear a little bit about where that certainly these experiences were the inspiration, but can you share a little bit about the principles on 
first of all, like let's start with what is surrender. And I think that there's certainly some varying ideas of what that means. You know, this was not the book I wanted to write. Let's just say that so people understand, right? This was not the book I planned to write. This was not the book I would have chosen to write. I tried to write every other book but this, to be honest. And one day I wrote uh, 75 different book topics and ideas on a whiteboard. None of those felt real. The only word that I wrote that felt truly authentic and real was the word surrender. And I resisted it until I had to surrender to the book about surrender and saw that there was a book that was seeking to be written. And so sometimes what we think we want is really not truly what is seeking to happen. And so, yes, there is this, I would say, misconception about surrender. And I think for me, this is what I'm so called to and passionate about helping people understand. This misconception in surrender is the idea that surrender is weak, surrender is passive, that surrender is giving up, that surrender is waving the white flag, that in surrendering, you are you won't manifest your goals and your dreams and desires. In surrendering, uh, you're going to get left behind. You're going to be a doormat. You're going to be taken advantage of. You know, you're going to get less in life. And I'm actually saying, no, if you really understand the true essence of real surrender, like what if you didn't get less in life, but what if you got more, more than you could have planned, more than you could have imagined, more than you could have visualized with the limited mind of your own personal power and ego, maybe not what you expected, but what if it was better and beyond and outside of the scope of your current level of imagination. And so I think for me, that's the possibility of surrender. So I really believe that, you know, I don't speak from theory or sort of book knowledge. I speak from my lived life experience. My life has been a complete experiment in surrender in all ways. And if we all, I think if we all look at the best things in our life that have happened, the best, meeting that person, falling in love, you know, that thing, we didn't plan it. Most of us didn't say, well, you know, yeah, 7 p.m., I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to meet my soulmate there. Gonna be- <laughs> it, it just happened yeah. in the process of genuinely living life itself. And so I believe that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do. I think surrender is the real key to the next level of our lives. I think that surrender is the real secret to manifestation, and it's the password to true freedom. So to set the framework, yes, surrender means a letting go of control, or I should say the illusion that we are in control in the first place, control being a master addiction. Surrender is when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be and how we think it should look. Surrender is when we take the limitations off of life and we, we let go of who we think we should be and the life we think we should be living and how we think things should be so that we can be available and open to the life that is seeking to unfold, the life that is seeking to emerge, the life that is seeking to express. And so the old paradigm in terms of the old paradigm way of manifesting and creating and living is all about, we'll call it the ego-based model for living life. Like, get clear on what you want. you got to know what you want. you got to write it down and then go for it. Now, you can create this way and you can create a good life this way. But what I have found is it will be a limited life in some way. Because when you're creating from the lens or the paradigm of the ego, the ego is limited. It's limited to past conditioning. It, 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 it's not un- infinite. It's not unlimited. And so 
what we end up creating in some way will be limited. And so at some point, I think we've all had the experience where you manifested, you got what you thought you wanted. And then you realized that what you thought you wanted was That's not it. what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And, and, and you're like, well, is this it? That's not what I really wanted. And so you set the goal. Like, what do I want? I want the car. I want the house. I want that body. I want that man. I want that husband. I want the wife. I want the whatever it is. And then you're like, no, it's not what I really want. Because many times our goals can be projections of, let's say, unmet needs from childhood. Didn't feel worthy. Didn't feel lovable. So if I can just achieve that thing that I think is the goal, that's not really the goal. I just think it's the goal that's going to fulfill me. And that's what we drive to manifest. And so for me, there's a different question. The question becomes, look, it's still fine to set goals, but I call it soul setting. Soul setting is a bit different, where you are aligning with your soul first and then moving into action, which is a slightly different way of operating. It's a, it's, it's a different way. It's a new way. I think it's the real code for true manifestation, where you ask yourself the question, what is it that life? seeking to express through me? What is it that life is seeking to manifest through me? What is it that life is seeking to unfold through me? What is it that life is seeking to, to write through me, to create through me? What is my soul seeking to manifest? What is God, the divine, the infinite intelligence, the universe, seeking to express through me? And allowing oneself to open to that vision, to catch that vision, to be receptive to the deeper impulse the deeper creative expression, the deeper truth that is seeking to express through you so that you can feel what that truth is, which may not always be what your mind tells you, right? You can feel what the truth is, and then you can align your intention, your personality, your actions, your goal setting, your money, your marketing, your strategy with that deeper truth, and then you go into action. And that might mean you work harder than you've ever worked, but now you're working in alignment with what's true not just the ego mind. You're working in alignment with your soul. And now you go into action, you give 100% without attachment to the outcome. So for me, that's the essence, you could say, of surrender as a whole. So when you're working with people in trying to find, I guess maybe to start with, like trying to really find their purpose and their okay life's calling and and maybe for people who are struggling to you know feel lost or find what that is where do you i guess that's where you start first or is there somewhere else where you really begin to help give them that uh approach to finding what their calling is well if we're talking about calling that's a bit that's a little different so here's what i would say if someone is like well i don't know what my life purpose is i would say great because many times we try to sit down and strategize and think about what our life purpose is from the level of the mind, level of the ego. And the ego is conditioned. So often what you end up thinking that your life purpose is, is not always what your life purpose really is. It's just what you think your life purpose is rather than what it truly is. And so many times we're trying to fulfill dad or mom's or society's expectation about what we should be doing rather than following our true authentic calling, our true you could say alignment and dharma. And so if you're seeking your life purpose, there's a bigger context and spiritual piece of advice I'll give you. And then I'm going to give some specific practical things. I would say first, stop trying to seek your life purpose. 
trying to find and seek your life purpose is actually taking you away from your life purpose. See, the ego, that which we mistakenly believe ourselves to be, it wants to seek and seek and seek and never really find. Because seeking is what keeps the ego alive. And so the constant, let me seek my life purpose. I'm always trying to you know, find my life purpose. I have friends that always find my life purpose. Like, it's been 10 years you're trying to find your life purpose. Because if I'm, if I'm always seeking my life purpose, I don't have to put myself out there and live yeah. it. I don't have to actually put myself out there and give it. Because what? i got to get clear on my life purpose so I can encapsulate it into a little mission statement. And so here's the thing. Your life purpose is evolutionary in many ways. And what your life purpose might be today may not be what your life purpose is in five years and 10 years because it's going to evolve as your consciousness evolves. So rather than seeking it, there's two things. Number one, on a spiritual level, let's start on that spiritual level okay. and we'll come back. On that spiritual level, I think we have to realize that we are souls. We are souls. We've incarnated into this human experience. Life is like a university, a school for our growth and evolution. Everyone, every experience, every situation is part of the curriculum for our soul's growth and evolution. And so you could say the purpose of life itself, the purpose of our human incarnation is to grow, evolve, to learn the lessons, and to become more of who and what we really are. So you could say that the real purpose of life and the purpose for all of our lives regardless of what we are doing. I don't care if you're a janitor, a CEO, Elon Musk, a school teacher, business person, salesperson. Those are just things that you do. But the true purpose is evolution and growth. So you can be living your purpose, the ultimate purpose of your life, regardless of what you're doing. Your job is not your purpose. Your true purpose as a human being and as a soul is evolution. And you are evolving when you are learning and you are growing. So in any situation, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a heartbreak, whether you're unemployed, ask yourself the question, why did my soul attract this situation? Why did my soul attract this person? What is my soul seeking to learn in this job right now? Even though I hate my job and I don't think, think is what I want to do, but what is my soul seeking to learn in this from this boss, from my coworkers? Because so long as you are growing and evolving and learning the lessons at that soul level, the deepest level, you're, you're living the purpose. You're living your true purpose. So your purpose is growth. Your purpose is evolution. And so long as you're growing, you're, you're fulfilling your purpose as a soul in this human incarnation. That's that sort of bigger spiritual level. So you can't, it doesn't matter what you do on some level. What matters is who you're being and the growth, number one. Number two. Some of you now might be saying, okay, I got that spiritual bigger level. And I would love to do something that lights me up and, and I feel aligned in terms of what I'm here to offer in this lifetime. Great. I would still say, stop seeking your life purpose. Instead, look, so you don't have to know what your life purpose is in order to move in a direction and start living it. And so what I would say is take a step and go in the direction of what lights you up. Go in the direction of what turns you on. Go in the direction of what makes you come alive. Go in the direction of what you love. Just, just go in the direction. You, I'm not saying that's what you'll be doing, but if you take a step 
and you move in that direction and you lean into the door that opens there that you feel an energy uh, something and you lean in and you take a step and you follow right as you take a step life will reveal to you the next step in the process of taking the step and so each step you take then life reveals the next step each step you take life reveals the next step each step you take life reveals, reveals the next step and then what you end up finding is maybe a year or two or three or four or however many years from now you end up looking around going oh i'm living my purpose you 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 end up living into your purpose not figuring it out from the sidelines in advance and so what happens is as you take the step you learn it you grow you evolve as you take the next step you learn you grow you evolve next step learn grow evolve each step learn grow and evolve and as a result of learning growing and evolving you expand you become more and you become more capable and prepared and ready to fulfill the purpose. But if you sit on the sidelines just trying to figure out your purpose, you don't take the step. You don't learn the lessons. You don't become the person that's capable of fulfilling the purpose. Some people say, I want to reach a million people. Yeah, but you haven't helped one. I want to reach a million people, but you're not helping those around you right now. You haven't developed the skills. And so sometimes, and the reason I say take the step, some people say, but I don't want to do a job that I hate and I don't want to do things I don't love. But yes, but here's the thing. You don't know that if you take that job, and you, it may not be the ultimate thing you want to do, but maybe you need to learn something in that job like accounting. And maybe there's one thing you need to learn in that job like social media marketing. Maybe there's one thing you need to learn in that job such as communication that will be a piece of the ingredients that will prepare you to be the person to fulfill the bigger purpose. But if you don't take that step because you're busy analyzing and figuring it out, you won't learn that piece and you won't be ready and life will not present you with the platform or opportunity because you're not ready. Or if you're presented with a platform or opportunity, you won't be ready and you won't fulfill it because you won't have the muscle and the capacity to fulfill that purpose. And so number one, take the step, go in direction. What do I love? Number two, ask yourself, now let's get practical. Ask yourself, what tangible skills do I have? Now, because somebody might say, but cool, that's all great. But I love basketball. How the hell am I going to make a living on that? I love basketball, but I'm four foot one. I'm not (laughs) going to be a basketball player. You might not be a basketball player, but it might lead to something else inside of that. Maybe you start a basketball website. Maybe you start a basketball channel. Maybe Who knows? But if you take the step and then you ask yourself, what tangible skills do I have? Look back at your entire life experience so that you can see the specific skills that you have that will also maybe focus you and guide you in terms of what your purpose and calling and life path might be, the real skills. Like I love Formula One racing, but I'm not going to be a Formula One uh, driver. It's just not <laughs> going to happen in this lifetime. You know, those guys have been doing it since they were eight and five. And so, so what tangible skills that you have? Number three, I'd invite you to sit with, based on those skills, what unique problems are you easily able to solve? We all have unique gifts that come naturally to us. Often, we don't value those gifts, right? And, and so many times when it comes to purpose, people are thinking about, how do I make money? How, how, do, I, how do I monetize this? I say, don't think about making money first. Instead, yeah. get clear on your gifts and then understand, ask yourself the question, how can I be of greater service to humanity? When you shift on service, life gives you new ideas. When you focus on how can I be of greater service to humanity, you are of service to humanity. 
when you solve a pain, problem, or challenge. And so you add value by being, you're of service by adding value. You add value by solving a pain, problem, or challenge in your community for those around you, for the planet at scale. If you look at Jeff Bezos, he solved the problem. He makes money. Money is a function of being of service by adding value by solving a pain, problem, or challenge. Love him or hate him, Elon Musk. Being of service by adding value by solving specific problems with Tesla, you know, Solar City, SpaceX. And so the money will come in the pursuit of being of service by solving a pain, problem, or challenge. So ask yourself, how can I be of greater service by solving a pain, problem, or challenge? The last question I would give people in terms of the in terms of the purpose question is look at which group of people you have you feel a natural connection a natural affinity to this may show you who you're who you've been put on the planet to serve maybe you feel a, a resonance with teenage pregnant mothers maybe you feel a resonance with the elderly maybe you feel a resonance with the blind maybe you feel a resonance with animals right and, and this may just be pointing you in the direction of the group of souls that you have been put on the planet to serve and so just lastly i would say you really want to live your purpose and make a difference and be of service just start don't overthink it just start by responding to the need in the moment you do that it will take you to, I, I remember 20 years ago i just came back from india and I was, I was pondering the question. Yeah. My purpose. God, show me my purpose. I want to reach millions of people. And I was sitting in the park, Pan Pacific Park in Los Angeles, by a health food market called Air One. I don't oh, know if you know it. Of course. And I was sitting right there every day for months going, show me my big purpose. I want to see what my big purpose is. I want to reach millions of people every day for hours, four or five hours a day. I didn't have a job just thinking about my purpose, wanting to get clear on my purpose. And I remember one day, I saw this old lady. And I saw that this old lady, Elizabeth, would be walking from Air One to her apartment every single day, struggling with her grocery. She must have been 80s, late 70s, 80s. And I would see her every day. Meanwhile, I'm praying to find my purpose. And I heard this voice that said, dude, you're full of shit. What? Here you are praying for your purpose. When in front of you, every day you're watching this old woman struggling with her groceries. And you say you want to be of service and make a difference, but you won't stand up and help this one person. How will you reach millions when you won't help the one? And so for me, I had to learn. So I, st I stood up <laughs> and I went and started carrying her groceries. And every day at 9 a.m., I, I didn't have a job. I would meet her every day. And 10, 15 minutes from Air One to her apartment, I'd carry her groceries. And we got to talk about, she's a Russian old lady, and we got to talk about life and how her kids were in New York. And I mean, I learned so much from this woman. And I think in some ways I was a blessing to her, you know? And so if we truly look around, there are so many opportunities to be of service to those around us. Respond to the need in the moment and that need will show you what's next. Well, I absolutely love that. I think it's, following those breadcrumbs, so to speak, you know, as I think about my personal journey and eventually starting purely Elizabeth, you know, was, I never had the life's calling to start a food brand, but for me, I had started to do marathons and wait, 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 you, um, I, I just connected the dots. <laughs> You're the Elizabeth. Yes. 
You know what? I didn't put the two together till just oh, now. Oh, that is so funny. Because here's the thing. I eat your 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 cereal. Thank you. I have your keto crunch and I have you know the, the chocolate, the chocolate um sea salt. Chocolate sea salt. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I swear to God. Not every morning, but almost like four or five times a week with goat milk, I have your cereal. Oh my god, I love that. So I, this is, folks, this is unscripted, but I am a beneficiary of your gift. Oh, I love that. Thank you I so much. I just got the blue, I just got the blueberry too. Oh, amazing. So for me, I, I was doing marathons and triathlons and wanted just, I knew that I wanted to find something. I was drawn to finding something in this world. Like this was where I was headed. And I Google, I don't know what I Googled at the time because this is now almost 17 years ago, but I Googled something and I stumbled upon the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And so I ended up calling them that day. I signed up for the program and I I did that program. And to your point about finding sort of your people, I remember being there the first day and, and just feeling like, wow, I have really found my people. And there was that feeling inside that felt so right. And all of that ultimately landed in this idea. But had I never taken that first step to do the class, I would certainly never be where I am today with the company. And so I think it's so important to listen to those breadcrumbs, as you say, and really take that initial step because you don't know where it's going to lead. And and I'm just such a firm believer. And so as you think about you know, as I, I wanted to kind of start there with that foundation of finding your purpose, but then moving back into the sort of manifesting and going into that. So, you know, once I did realize, okay, I want to start this company that I said, you know, I want this company to be a nationally known brand. And I threw my intention into the fire and and kind of let it go. And here we are 15 years later. But as you think about when you work with people, what are some of those practical tips that you share on what that looks like in, in manifesting and working yeah, let's through gonna, those intentions. Let me give people a mini manifestation masterclass in like two minutes. Perfect. I think this will really, really help. First, around, the first thing I'll just say about manifestation is your job is not to manifest. Your job is to remove the conscious and subconscious internal blockages within yourself so that you can bring yourself into alignment with your soul's calling. And so when you can remove the blockages, you come into alignment, life flows. And so I think that's, that's the key thing because many times we know what to do, what not to do, but we're still not manifesting. And so it's often internal blocks there. That's one thing. So now let's say you've done that. You have a sense of what you'd like to do. Let's call it a manifestation map, and this will give people a little, a little breakdown and a framework that you can use in your life. One element of manifesting, an ingredient in manifesting, is your thoughts. Your thoughts tend to create your reality. Your thoughts direct your focus. Your thoughts direct your energy. Energy flows to the point of focus. And so one key component of manifesting is thoughts, thinking about what you want, visualizing, using the power of your imagination to visualize the outcome, the end result, the goal, the dream, see yourself as already there. Because the truth is your subconscious mind and your body 
doesn't really know the difference between imagination and what you're visualizing and seeing in your mind and reality, right? If I were to tell, tell you folks to imagine a lemon, let's cut the lemon in half, literally put the lemon in your hand, bring the lemon in your hand to your nose and squeeze it and take a bite. Probably, if you really did it, folks, your mouth would probably start salivating. Okay. And so if I were to say, where, where is the lemon? Most people say, oh, it's in my hand. Oh, it's not in my hand. It's in, mm -hmm. it's in your mind. And so the body will stop. As you use images and scenarios in your mind to focus your attention and your energy by seeing the movies and the mental pictures of the already completed visualization of your goal, dream, and desire, your body doesn't know the difference. So your body starts releasing chemicals and and a, a whole biochemistry to to and, and releasing internal resources to help you fulfill the dream and the vision. You're focusing your attention and you're moving yourself into a different state. So what you focus on will expand and you'll start seeing opportunities to help you fulfill the dream and vision because that's what you're focusing on. So your thoughts, thinking about what you want, thinking about the completion. Thoughts, the other component that's necessary for manifestation is your feelings. So thoughts plus feelings. So what does that mean? Most of us, we wait until we've manifested the goal in order to feel good. We wait until we've manifested the goal in order to feel grateful. Like, oh, thank God I, I manifested this thing. Yes, I have this company. We wait until the outcome in order to feel happy. I'm actually saying, no, reverse it. Use the power of your feelings to generate the emotion and the feeling of what would it feel what is the feeling that you're seeking from that goal? What is the feeling that you're seeking when that goal is manifested? Kind of get in touch with that and start practicing, rehearsing, cultivating the feeling and the gratitude for the already completion of the goal now. I would feel fulfilled. I'd feel joy. I'd feel peace. I'd feel expansive. And, and so just start breathing that feeling into your body and, and kind of cultivating that feeling within yourself now. So I tell people, you have to feel it and have it before you have it in order to have it. And so the more you can not rely on the objective outcome and experience in order to feel the feeling, the more you set yourself free, the more you also move yourself into a frequency and vibration, the more magnetic you become to experiences and opportunities and people and synchronicities that you start pulling that experience to you. So thoughts plus feelings. One of the ways to cultivate those feelings is feeling the gratitude for what you have, feeling the gratitude for it already being done, even though it's not done yet, like giving thanks in advance. One thing, one, one secret that I kind of uh, shared with a friend the other day is that I told my friend, if you really want to manifest and cultivate the feeling, throw yourself a celebration party and invite five of your best friends together. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Before it's even happened. So let's say you want to get engaged. You don't have a man. Don't wait till you have a man. Get your five best friends together that really love you and can support you. And like have an, have an engagement party. Your friends might say, well, you have a man yet? <laughs> yeah, I have a man. I have a man in spirit. I have a man in the universe. And so you actually celebrate the fulfillment and cultivate the feeling. You celebrate the fulfillment before it's even happened. The feeling is important. So walking in the feeling. So thoughts plus feelings plus words. Your words are powerful. Your words create worlds. You know, I think I'm going to butcher it, but in, in, in the Bible, there was a quote like, 
in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, you know, something like that. And, and, and there was that quote that was like, God said, let there be light. So is. your words are creative, right? You, so, so I think with our words, we start creating wor worlds. So let there be purely Elizabeth. Let there be, you know, best-selling book. Let there be. So, so start speaking. Most of us don't realize that the words that we speak are spells that we cast on ourselves by how we speak about ourselves negatively. Oh, I can't do that. I'm not enough. Or we are pushing away the manifestation for what we want by saying things like, well, if it happens, you know, I don't know if this can happen. We're kind of pushing it away rather than saying when it happens. I'm excited that it's already happened. I'm excited that the, the universe is blessing me and wants to support me and is supporting me. So see how you can use your words to speak and create the reality of your vision as already done. Like it's already done. And so the more you can align your thoughts, your feelings, plus your words, when you connect that underlying with a mission and a purpose, that mission and a purpose, so it's not just, I just want this thing, you know, just because. No, I want this thing because it's connected to a deeper purpose. When you're connected to a deeper purpose, you have a deeper motivation. When you're connected to a deeper purpose, that purpose will sort of supercharge and connect the vision to your heart and it gives you another level of motivation so when things get difficult you keep moving because you have a you, you know your why so thoughts yeah. plus feeling plus words connected to purpose now that's the sort of inner game of manifestation what many spiritual folks miss is you need the right vehicle and many times we don't have the right vehicles like dude i'm visualizing i'm affirming i'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm doing all these things, but things still, I'm still broke. So if let's say someone is a massage therapist, they're like, I want to make $100 million. I'm not saying you can't, but if you're charging $45 an hour, chances of you making $100 million is not, is not very likely. Why? Because you have the wrong vehicle. So, you, so sometimes we have to really step back and understand, okay, here's what I want, but what is the vehicle in your case? You know, you're, 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 purely Elizabeth brand, right? What is the actual vehicle that can be the delivery system for my purpose and my gifts that can help me fulfill that goal, fulfill that vision? And so your vehicle might need to change. Like if, if someone wants to go from LA to Tahiti, you can walk, going to take a while. You can take a bicycle, going to take a while. You can take a boat or you can take a plane. The vehicle that you create, so sometimes we have the wrong vehicle. So you have to step back and look at what is the vehicle that would help me achieve that goal in the most effective, optimized, and efficient way? So that, that's something that I think a lot of people don't have dialed in. They have the wrong vehicle, right? The other thing then is, okay, now you get clear on the right vehicle, but you have the wrong strategy. As in, okay, you're in LA, you want to go to Tahiti, but you start going towards, towards North Pole. You're going in the wrong direction. You're in LA, you want to go to San Francisco, but you start driving south towards San Diego and Tijuana, you got the wrong strategy. <laughs> the sequence of the flow of your actions are off. And so I think one thing that we have to really dial in and get clear in the flow of manifestation is the right strategy, the right map, the right sequence, which can be helped by finding the right mentors, people that have been there before that can guide you and say, hey, you go down that road, 
it's going to take you 10 years longer to manifest. Even if you do all the right affirmations, you're going in the wrong direction, or this is the quickest route to go. And making sure you're surrounded by a positive group of friends and community that can hold the vision for you. So you want to make sure you have the right strategy. And lastly, you could say you need to take action, aligned action. And, and one place that sometimes people disconnect in the process of manifestation is they're just visualizing and thinking and affirming and chanting, but they don't take action. And it, as you know, it does take a level of action yeah. to create the invisible, intangible vision into physical manifestation. And so that's a bit of, let's call it the manifestation map, that if people can understand those elements, I think will increase your capacity to manifest. Love that. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to close out with a quick rapid fire Q&A. Favorite words to live by. Love now. A favorite book for growth. With the exception of mine, a favorite book for growth. Wow. That's that's tough because uh, at different levels of my life, there have been different books that have helped me grow. Maybe current. How about a current one? You know, these days I'm reading biographies. I look at, I'm reading the Elon Musk biography. Oh, how is that? I, wanna, I wanted to read that actually. Walter Isaacson. It's, it's, it's a monster book, but yeah. I'm fascinated with the guy because he's, he's such a visionary risk taker, follow his own path. And he's someone, I'm looking at the book now, he's someone that practices surrender. Yeah. And people don't think this guy doesn't practice surrender, but $200 million in PayPal, follows his vision, invests everything. That is following a calling. So I'm reading the Walter Isaacson book. Okay, great. Um, your morning ritual. Very simple. Wake up, take a few moments in gratitude. First thing I do is, is, is basically look at my wife and kid next to me and then uh, exercise. Non-negotiable. Every day. Well, and that leads me to my last question. What is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Oh, yeah. The, the number one non-negotiable is very basic, and it's just I exercise every day. Because for me, in the morning, in the morning, that sets me up for the day, makes my meditations better. It gets energy flowing. Everyday exercise. What kind of exercise do you do? You know, I, I don't do crazy exercise routines. But what I am is I'm consistent and it's daily. And I have a lot of friends that like they're doing these crazy things and they last a week or two or three or four and then they don't exercise for me, for me every day. That means that, and when I say it's not, you have to make exercise non negotiable where it's no longer a choice. Yeah. So then you're not following your fleeting mood in the, mo- in the moment. That's a level of surrender. A level of surrender is when you're not just following your fleeting mood in the moment. You have a deeper commitment. And so if I have to fly at 6 a.m., be at the airport at 4, I'll wake up at 2 and do 45 minutes. Maybe not an hour and 15, but 45 minutes. But I usually do a combination of some cardio on the bike, the elliptical, sometimes running when I'm traveling, and some, some, some light weight. But the key for me is consistency. Agreed. And lastly, where can everybody find you and what's next? A couple of things. I would say get the book, The Magic of Surrender, folks. I think you will, you will really love it. I wrote the book uh, really from my heart and soul, and I wanted to make it a simple read to really give people this, the, the tools to live surrender 
in everyday life. So that's one. You can get it from Amazon, get the paperback version of the book. If you're listening to the conversation and you're inspired, twice a year, I do a very special event to Bali. I've done this for the last 13 years. I've done 22 events, and they're probably the most transformational events I do. 2024 is the final year that I'm doing uh, this particular retreat. It's a 12-day experiential seminar training without walls where I use Bali as the backdrop. Uh, you can find out more, www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com. If you're someone you feel a calling to make a difference, you feel as though you've been put on the planet for a purpose that is bigger than yourself and you're ready to heal and transform and share your gifts with the world, you can join me there. The next retreat is July the 20th through the 31st. Go to the website. Uh, my Instagram, Coot Blackson, just my name. My website, www.cootblackson.com. My podcast is Soul Talk. Amazing, Coot. Thank you so much. This made my day. It was so wonderful to meet you. And thanks for being here. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.